0: Hey everyone, it's PJ here, and this is daily podcast number 39. This will be the second to last of the daily podcast. And then um, after number 40, uh, we're going to kick off a weekly podcast and um, catch up on uh, the matters related to church and other spiritual matters uh, on a weekly basis. And today I want to continue our Uh, revisiting of some of the topics from uh, Sunday School and particularly from the Emotions uh, series. And um, yesterday we talked about laziness and today I want to get into uh, the feeling of boredom. I don't know if you recall uh, our Sunday School on feeling boredom, but I think uh, that was um, one that is relevant to the season we're in right now. So I want to uh, revisit that with you and encourage you to think about how you can uh deal with the the feeling of boredom that uh you could be uh wrestling with during this season, and the first thing that I probably should mention about the feeling of boredom is this that um at first it just doesn't seem like that big of a problem or that serious of an issue um but I think the the thing we have to acknowledge really on the get go is. It can be. It can be a serious thing. It's not always a serious thing, but it can be a serious thing. Uh, there's this quote from Dr. Sharam Heshmat, who is a psychologist, and it goes like this, quote, Almost everyone suffers uh, from it in the course of their lives. He's talking about boredom now. And it's interesting how he says we suffer from it. it, it it's not that we feel it, but we suffer from it continuing the quote, existing survey estimates show up to 90% of American adults experience boredom at some point in their daily lives, as do 91% to 98% of youth. Men are generally more bored than women. Boredom is predictive of loneliness, anger, sadness, and worry. Boredom is such a motivating force that people do all kinds of things to ease the pain. Again, boredom is described here as a pain, as a form of suffering. The chronically bored are at a higher risk for drug addiction, alcoholism, and compulsive gambling, end quote. So boredom, although on the surface doesn't seem like a big issue, it can be uh, the root of other uh, bigger issues, and uh, I think you can also see boredom sort of being on this spectrum. You know, So maybe you're on the uh, less serious end of that spectrum, but uh, everyone starts there, and when uh, boredom becomes unaddressed. It's left alone. It can then transpire into um, bigger and more problematic things. And just as we saw last week, how you know, laziness is something that bi- busy people can struggle with, um, I think boredom is also something that busy people can struggle with as well um, and not know it because it's not something that we often think deeply about. Again, it's just... It just doesn't appear that serious to us. So um, I think it would be helpful if we just kind of started with defining or coming to a better definition of what boredom exactly is. So what specifically is boredom? Um, first thing is that boredom really uh, should not be mistaken with um, things like calmness or gentleness okay, or, or steadiness. Um, people who are gentle and calm in their temperaments, people with uh, a good measure of self-control can appear boring on the surface. But that's not being boring. That's actually right, just bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Right? Uh, those are fruits of the Holy Spirit mentioned in Galatians five. Um, so that's sort of a cultural label people put on uh, certain people, right? Who are just uh, calm in their demeanor and who are. Uh, uh, well-behaved or composed. Just because somebody is steady that way doesn't mean that they're boring people. And in the same way, on the flip side of that, uh, just because somebody is very active and um, vocal or loud uh, doesn't mean they're necessarily fun people either. So uh, we need to sort of not misidentify boredom uh, the way our culture often does. Here's how I think we can narrow down our definition. Uh, It's helpful to think about two forms of boredom. And this is taken from a Christian counselor who who narrowed this down for us. There's micro-boredom and there's macro-boredom, okay? And it's important to distinguish the two. Micro-boredom is something like this. Uh, You feel like playing a game on your phone just because you have time to kill, okay? Or you just feel like scrolling through Facebook. Or you feel like randomly just calling a friend to chat. Okay, there's no clear purpose. It's just for fun. Uh, these things can be described as sort of signs of micro boredom. And then there's macro boredom. Okay, bigger boredom. And the macro boredom is uh, feeling like life is without purpose. Uh, y- you want to say whatever to everything. Uh, nothing seems to carry any significance. Nothing seems to take priority or any have any sense of urgency in your life. Okay, that would be macro boredom. Now, do you see the the difference in terms of not just how they look, but how serious each can be? Uh, clearly, macro boredom can be a lot more serious than micro boredom. And uh, I think the first question we can ask ourselves is, you know, what am I experiencing right now um, in my state of boredom? Is this is, is this micro-boredom or is this macro-boredom? What am I driven to think or, or s- tell myself or even to do um, and, and start from there? I think that's important because uh, even for those of us who are merely experiencing micro-boredom, okay, the less serious kind, I, I think we have to understand when micro-boredom is left unaddressed, Okay, and when that is not dealt with effectively, um, and and the root cause of that is not addressed, it can sooner or later lead to macro boredom. Okay, so again, we're just on this on a spectrum here, and we have to identify where we're at. Um, now the things that that I mentioned that people can generally do when they feel this micro-boredom, they're not bad things, right? They're not things that are sinful in and of themselves, right? It's just I'm bored and I want to just flip through my phone. I want to turn the TV on. I want to play a video game. Um, There's nothing inherently wrong with that, okay? Um, What I think we should see, however, is that there is a certain need that we are trying to meet through these things, and we have to be honest about whether it's actually meeting our needs or not, right? Is what we're turning to for uh, help, um, to, uh, for relief, is it is it really helping us deal with the root cause of our micro boredom? And I think if that root cause is if not is not addressed, then it could uh, eventually lead to uh, macro boredom. Now, in case you're wondering, you know, um, I'm not, I'm sure, maybe, maybe I'm already there. Maybe I'm already hitting macro boredom. How do I know? How can I know? Um, here's a couple of uh, helpful quotes from um, a few experts. Uh, Neil Burton, who's an MD, uh, says, quote, A profoundly unpleasant state of unmet arousal right? would be, uh, would count as macro boredom. Okay. You are uh, aroused or stimulated or excited Uh, rather than despondent meaning like feeling down feeling low but for for one or more reasons your arousal cannot be met or directed end quote okay so so you may have this sense of okay I have a need i i I need to be um satisfied and yet you're not sure where to direct this to and uh, you're not sure how this need can be met that's uh one sign of it um Christopher Cannon, PhD, says, quote, someone who is bored may not be motivated to eat well, exercise, and have a heart-healthy lifestyle. That may make them more likely to have a cardiovascular event. Okay, so uh, is your boredom leading to an unhealthy lifestyle? That's another sign that you've veered off into macro boredom. Lifestyle choices matter. Uh, Ed Welch, a Christian counselor, uh, says, for the bored." Addiction is a way to feel more alive and above the ordinariness of daily life, end quote. Okay, Um, do you sense, do you see, do you notice that you are becoming addicted to something, uh, that you are habitually turning to something and you cannot get get off of it, uh, and it's hindering you from performing other essential tasks, and that's another sign of uh, macro boredom. Uh, The International Journal of Epidemiology uh, actually says this, quote, you really can be bored to death. You really can be bored to death, right? And given everything else I've just quoted, that's, that seems to be true. So boredom is not simply a neutral matter. Once again, uh, it shouldn't be taken lightly, especially if you can identify in your life the signs of uh, micro boredom. Okay, and I think what we can then address is uh, what, what might be some things that are contributing to our feeling of boredom, things that really uh, amplify our feelings of boredom. Um, And there's a good list, but uh, here's a shorter list that I uh, have here uh, I want to share with you. And then uh, what we can do afterwards is discuss uh, what might be at the uh, root of uh, boredom and also what is God's answer uh, then to our boredom. All right, so a couple of things that, uh, several things I should say, uh, that contribute to our boredom. One is uh, we do uh, tend to uh, Indulging things that overstimulate us, and overstimulation is is a huge contributor to our feeling of boredom. It's it's when we get into this habit of being overly stimulated uh, through constant amusement and constant entertainment, and what that does is it it leaves our brain in this constant high high level of arousal, and uh, leading to these very low moments that don't meet that high demand for arousal, right? So it's this very bad cycle. It, it, it We create this high that creates the low. Um, and it's especially kind of a troubling thing for, I think, younger people uh, who are really suffering from being overly entertained, right? As ironic as it sounds, they're suffering from being overly entertained. Um, see, even for us, right, when we open up, our phone, for example, our smartphones, um, <clears throat> the first thing, right, we will often turn to, first to the thing that will most easily entertain us, right? And uh, there's a lot of stimulation going on with very little work that we put into it, right? Um, while there are an infinite number of things that we can be turning to that, that entertain us. Uh, and that's because of the World Wide Web. We can access, like, the, the the fun thing that's happening all around the world, like, we have access to, right? Uh, whatever's happening in Bangladesh, right? Or Indonesia, we have access to through Facebook or Instagram. Um, otherwise, we would have a limited number of things that will be stimulated by it. But globally, you know, currently, we're all so connected that we can just scroll infinitely and constantly be stimulated, um, and all the while being, being passive, right? Being uh, inactive, you know, lying in bed or sitting on our couch. So uh, we don't put any work into it, but we're, we're getting a lot of entertainment. Um, that creates this pattern of our uh, being numbed by uh, entertainment, numbed by amusement. And um, when this gets really bad, um, we have trouble with inactivity, we, we have trouble, we have real trouble with the moments of low arousal, uh, which really is, right, how our day-to-day tasks, the everyday life is really like. It's, it's really in these lower moments. The, the, so the problem of boredom, right, just falls upon us, uh, hits us when we are supposed to do these everyday tasks that seem mundane and routine. Uh, these daily tasks that are not meant to be highly stimulating um, not meant to be entertaining us and yet we think they they're they're supposed to because that's often the, the norm that we've we've been accustomed to the norm is we have access to stimulation and entertainment see work was meant to be done responsibly not entertainingly right it's meant to make us responsible people not like funny people right. Um, And fun usually comes along with the sort of the ability to uh, stay focused on a task, stay engaged, stay responsible. And yeah, you can draw joy from that. You can draw fun and excitement from that. But fun is sort of redefined today to be the highest aim, the highest virtue. Entertainment is the highest virtue. And without it, without the fun factor, it's almost like the task is meaningless, and, and that, I think, is due very much to our culture of overstimulation and over, hyper-entertainment. So um, understanding that our overstimulation and access to the Internet can contribute to um, our feeling of boredom. And uh, here's another big factor to our feeling boredom is distractions. Right? It's related to the first one. But uh, it's, it goes beyond just, you know, our access to the Internet. We're often distracted by something and we don't even know about it or even aware of it. And we translate that into, into boredom. Uh, there was an experiment done. It's very interesting. Uh, there was a room full of people who were given a newspaper article to read with loud TV playing next door. And another room full of people where they're reading a newspaper, same newspaper article, with soft and faint TV playing next door. And then later they were asked how that experience was. And the TV, and the room where they heard the TV very loudly described their experience as distracting and annoying due to the loud TV noise. But the room that had soft TV playing next door, sort of faint background noise, uh, said the articles they were reading, the newspaper they were reading, were boring. Isn't that interesting? They couldn't get through the article because they thought, they thought the article was boring, when really, in reality, they were being distracted. Yet, they described that, that experience as feeling bored. So, in a way, they mis- misdiagnosed the problem. They thought they were bored, but really, they were distracted. They, they didn't know what the real problem was. So boredom, a lot of times, is not attributed to what you're doing, per se, the task at hand, right? The fault can be in your surrounding, uh, the the distractions that are around you. So uh, identifying the distractions around you, that can help you remove um, that feeling of boredom sometimes. Um, Another one that I think is worth addressing is just a lack of emotional self-awareness, Okay. Uh, you're you're not engaging with your feeling boredom okay uh, to put differently you're bored about your boredom <laughs> okay you're not dealing with it uh, so you're escaping to something else to not think about it but I think when you actually address it active proactively and intentionally, I think you can uh, develop a certain emotional intelligence so for example, you know uh, where's this feeling of boredom coming from um what can I be actively involved in right now? And do I need a measure of self-control here with my daily tasks and not expect something false out of it, not expect this to be highly entertaining, but uh, put my responsibility to it, not some, some um, expectation for amusement? And just sort of engage that in that moment with more self-awareness and emotional intelligence. That can be uh, very helpful. Uh, lastly, I think boredom can also be about control. Boredom can kick in when you feel like you can't control the the environment or situation that you're in. So you know, think about the the places where often you feel bored, right? It could be a waiting room, like at the dentist. It could be at the airport. It could be in a classroom that you just you know you're you're in a classroom where you don't care about the subject at all. And and you lack the ability in that moment, right, to turn the entertainment knob, right, the stimulation knob, right, turn it up and make it more fun. The lack of control you have in that moment can make you think that what you're experiencing is boredom. But uh, again, that's not boredom per se. That's just your lack of control of that moment and it's real life. You don't control real life like that. You you can't have a remote control that just switches, uh, sort of the entertainment value up or down. That's not how real life works. You don't control and adjust everything uh, to your liking. And um, I think acknowledging that can be helpful when we are feeling uh, bored or struck feeling like we're struggling with boredom. So if you if you can't bring yourself to say I I'm, I feel bored but I'm okay, if you're if you're at a point where you're like this is not okay. I'm bored and I am frustrated. That is when you need to probably take a deep breath and just acknowledge that, okay, what I'm struggling with right now is actually the fact that I don't have control over my situation and that's okay. Uh, I don't have control over my life. I wasn't meant to and, and that's everyone and that isn't just me. So just kind of stepping out of that um, uh, mindset, I think, can be can be helpful um, and this can then, then even lead to a more prayerfulness, you know. So I, I can't control my situation, but God does. And so he had an intention for me here. Uh, what what does he want me to be thinking about or doing in this moment? Now, this gets to the root problem of boredom, I think. And Mike Emlet, a Christian counselor, uh, puts it this way. I think he summarizes it really well. Quote, boredom says, I need to be entertained. I need to be stimulated, which can mean... I need to be transfixed with my life. I need to be the center. That, uh, in a sense, is a very anti-Christian statement. End quote. So, according to him, underlying boredom, at the root of it, is this very anti-Christian idea that my life is all about me. Okay, Me being entertained. Me being amused. Constantly. Okay, And that is a very unchristian assumption uh, that I think we all have in our sinful nature, in our flesh, that we as Christians have to put to death, put uh, put behind us, and put a certain different assumption or presupposition in front of us. Uh, And that is my life is about the glory of God. As our catechism teaches us, what is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to enjoy God and glorify Him forever. When that becomes our focus then we will not dwell so much on the fact that I am not being entertained, I am not being amused, but focusing more on how can I enjoy God in this moment and how can I glorify Him. And here's the thing. Uh, our boredom ultimately, therefore, is rooted in our self-centeredness. Self-centeredness. Uh, that, that's almost like the equivalent uh, definition Synonym to sin itself. It's self centered, it's self glorifying, self gratifying. Uh, it's finding all the rest and joy and satisfaction we need in ourselves and not in God. And of course, we can't find it in ourselves, and therefore, it becomes, right, sooner or later, this uh, unhealthy lifestyle, becomes a series of addictions. It becomes even a form of depression. Now, I'm not saying, again, every instance of boredom is a sinful moment, right? Again, I want to distinguish between micro-boredom and macro-boredom, right? So, if you are veering towards macro-boredom, you need to be serious about the effect of sin and self-centeredness at at play here. Um, And if you are even experiencing micro-boredom, be very careful not not to be drifting off towards macro boredom. Now, let me just close by saying this, you know, here's God's answer to our boredom, right? If that's the spiritual problem at the root of it, here's God's answer to it. Here's God's solution. When we look at the scriptures, we find that we are given the noble task of being centered on the glory of God. And that means to live out His purpose for us as His image bearers, okay? That is an incredible thing to keep in mind uh, for creatures that are made out of the dust. We're made out of dust. We're bound to be finite, right? here today, gone tomorrow. And yet, we're called to be image bearers of the eternal, infinite, glorious God and live a life that is centered on Him. Living a life that He pays attention to. And just the thought of that the meditation of that should push against any inclination we have towards feeling bored or to make any statement about our life being boring. Okay. The reality of 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 God and, and the gospel really is that we have been adopted as children of God through His Son and we have now all the reasons in the world to have this delightful sense of responsibility towards Him, towards being a Citizen in the kingdom of God to be his uh, royal priesthood, to be his salt and light. And in the book of Hebrews, it says we have a cloud of witnesses now cheering us on, watching us, encouraging us to finish our race, right? Our life is not at all boring uh, when we keep this perspective in mind. It can't be. Um, there was this random headline that I saw a couple of years ago that went like this, Prince William pays surprise visit to local butcher shop. That was a headline for the news article. Okay. And I read that and I was like, wow, is that actually news? Like, do people actually pay attention to that? And the answer is yes, people do pay attention to that. Um, people do care about that butcher shop. People want to, you know, visit the place, same place that Prince William uh, paid a visit to. Why? Because he's a prince, Right. He's the son of the queen. He's royalty. And and guys, we're we're sons and daughters of God. We are royalty. And whatever business therefore we attend to is worthy of attention is meaningful, it is even attractive. So Let's remember that, that God has called us to excellent things. And, and the thing about excellent things is they're not boring. They're fascinating. Excellent things are fascinating. And to the degree that we remember that God has called us to excellent things and to be excellent, um, there's no room for boredom there. See, when we turn to the scriptures and we see what God has done through his son Jesus Christ and how he has excellently achieved our salvation for us, we will want to imitate that. It draws us in. Right? Even though we may not look anything like Jesus right now, the degree to which we meditate on Him and focus our eyes upon Him, we will want to become more and more like Him. That That's our ultimate answer uh, to our boredom. It's looking to Jesus. Right? He's not boring. He is excellent and When we look at Him, His life, His death, His resurrection, and His ascension, and His promise of His return, we will be drawn near to Him. We will be attracted to Him, and we will become more and more like Him. So let's strive in that direction together to turn our eyes on Jesus and imitate His excellence. And that's it for today, and I look forward to our final uh, episode of The Daily Podcast tomorrow.